Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. So we had a short week this week with the bank holiday. Did you do anything nice, Emer? I took the week off. Good for you. Well, I wouldn't leave you to do the show alone, would I? So I've come in today, uh, right. as they say. God knows how many digital giggle jokes you would have come up with today if I'd left you alone for one week. And I think one a week is more than enough. Yeah. So I decided yeah, yeah, yeah. I would try and do a bit of a digital detox okay. and switch off. Do you ever do that? You know, I, I do... I'm better than I used to be. I used to literally have the phone glued mm. to me. Mm. Um, but I think you're right. I think, you know, we're trying to get the kids off the technology. Oh, yeah. We're trying to find the balance because, you know, they they use the, I suppose, the the phones now to I suppose, stay in touch with our friends. And there was a lot of that during COVID where we we're in like deep lockdown. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think definitely... We need. It's good to limit our interaction and try and get out in the fresh air and get away from technology because it does scramble the brain a bit, you know. I know. I mean, I'm, I have just relented and given my 12 year old a phone, but you know, I have this kind of parenting app thing. You can keep an eye on it. And but saying that, I'm trying to go. You know, um, you need to hop off. And actually, that got me thinking. So while I was supposed to be digitally detoxing, I did a little bit of research. Well, you know, and I was hiding in the utility room. So they never come in there and they never find me in there anyway. Um, I find... Hashtag contradiction, Emer. <laughs> well, mm, I know. Shh, don't let on. But anyway, yeah, um, go I go, thought go. I'd go and see, is there anything that can help you limit your screen time and be more productive? Yeah. So mm. I'll start with, it was yep. called Moment. It's an app that will help you track and manage how much time you spend on your phone, which would be quite scary. And you can set time limits and reminders and automatic shutoffs, right? Then there's Flipped. Yeah. It's F-L-I-P-D. It helps you, again, limit your screen time. And uh, your social media applications disappear until the timer ends. So while you still want to look at your mm. phone, you can't because it actually restricts your social media distractions. Yeah. But you can still get calls and texts. Yeah. And then there was the Goodnight Chrome app, which is a blessing, I think, because you can put it onto your desktop, like your laptop, and it helps you take right. away, take your nights back away from your computer. So, you know, the way you say, I'm going to finish at five o'clock and before you know it, it's half seven. You can yeah. actually, it can remind you you're not supposed to be there. And then there's the antisocial app. It helps you spend less time playing around your phone, Philip, because I know you're always looking at all these little tracking apps, but it identifies how much time you spend on apps, which I'm telling you now is quite surprising. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And then there's another one, which reminds me of a previous guest. It's called Forest App. Do you remember Forest Kids? Heather, yes. um, that reminded me of her, but it tries to get you to cut back on your habit of excessive phone usage. But it's got a little, I thought it was really cute. It's when you use the app, you plant a seed. And when it, what happens there is your seed will start to grow into a tree. However, if you lock your phone before the timer is up, your tree will die. Oh, wow. That's so guess, good, so guess, yeah. as I say, what I, what I just gave up and turned off the phone and didn't use any of them. I didn't last though because I went back on. But there you go. Look, so, it's, so you're, 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 you 
can't go cold turkey. Okay, I can't. Yeah, well, certainly, like in our roles as social media people, you know, it's sort of it's one of those things. It's 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 mm. part of the. Now there is. A, do you use the? Uh, I sometimes use the. Uh, you know, the how much screen time notification yeah. on the iPhone is is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it is a conscious thing. I think you have to sort of consciously make a break from yeah. from the phone and find something else. So to do. I think the one that stood out for me was Forest App because you grow a tree. Yeah, no, that's that's a well. Something that I don't think is ever going to grow a new Emer. Um, oh, here you know, we go. It, it, it's that time again. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. I'm on holidays. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. It's the digital giggle. Red alert. Red alert. All right. I am sitting, waiting, anticipating. Okay, well, listen. <laughs> I did some research in honor of our guest today. Um, and speaking of a digital detox, Emer, mm-hmm. the other day I fell asleep on my smartphone. And, and do you know why that happened? I don't know. I mistakenly downloaded a nap. A nap. Oh, <laughs> no. I have to say that that's good. is. That's mm, a good one. And as you can hear, no one's, no one's You'd digital. you be deleting that one. <laughs> I'm not giggling on that one. <laughs> well, as ever, uh, I have to say, if you find today's Joke, uh, yeah, they've gone up probably with them while everybody's sleeping. They've all gone off for a nap. Anyway, engaging, okay. I would love more of them. You are in luck. You can catch Philip's previous digital giggle, social media, whatever kind of jokes they efforts. are. Uh, efforts. <laughs> and indeed, our other shows by hopping onto the Let's Get Social podcast on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, and the Dublin South FM website. So as I always say, go grow a tree. And in the meantime... Check them out. Check them out. <laughs> Hopefully our guest is still here because we have a really interesting um, person to chat to today who I think will be right on the money. Um, we're joined by Peter Connolly, founder of Lifestyle Awareness, which is an occupational therapy service for anyone who wants to feel more calm, focused and efficient while reaching their potential. And with a focus um, very much on mental and emotional well-being, Peter is also an occupational therapist mindfulness and ACT trainer. So without further ado, welcome to Let's Get Social, Peter Connolly. Thank you very much, Philip and Emer. Uh, very lovely to be here. And I must say, I was—I almost f- felt like the need of a nap there after the, the joke there was bang on, bang on the money. Listen, now you know how I feel there every you go, week. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was going to say, I need one after this. Um, so how would you rate our head of the digital giggle? Does he need to have a digital giggle detox? Well, I, I I love the joke. To be honest, I was only I was I was messing. I kind of thought, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I'm, I'm a big fan of naps. So anywhere where you get <laughs> a bit of humor and a bit of learning in on the same page, it's it's all it's all good for me. Okay, you you've won him over. You haven't won me over. But anyway, I'm not convinced. Not yet. Not yet. You're a hard, um, you're a hard selling. <laughs> you're a hard sell. So. <laughs> I'm still on holidays here. But anyway, um, so Mr. Connolly, would you like to share with us your story and any interesting apps you use? <laughs> well, um, as uh, Philip said already, I'm, a, I'm an occupational therapist. I've been an occupational therapist for about 20 years. So I'm, I've I've been interested in people, I guess, from, from as early as I can remember, you know, what makes people tick how we can unlock our potential, what keeps us well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of pretty much started when I was a teenager playing snooker and, and watching some people 
maybe crumble under pressure or not being able oh. to potential. Mm. And, you know, that sort of got me thinking about psychology a lot. And maybe it was, was that going to be a career for me? But actually I, I kind of landed in terms of occupational therapy accidentally because I was, I was involved. I was working in London for, for many years, working with, um, in the homeless uh, sector. Mm-hmm. We were involved in a lot of projects around football and farms and, you know, getting people meaningfully occupied. And I actually saw a real transformation in people's well-being when they had that structure and focus and uh, purpose to their day. And I suppose the closest profession to that, really, that had a very practical focus was, was occupational therapy. Okay. Which, I which I didn't really realize at the time, but that's, you know, I looked into it and that's, I kind of stumbled into it by, by kind of following the kind of things I was most interested in. Uh, so if I was to summarize what an occupational therapist does, really it's about supporting people to do the things that they want and need to do. Because some of these things involve skills mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it's changing the way we do things or changing our environment. So you know, we work with people at all, all ages and across the kind of spectrum, across healthcare. I focus very much in terms of mental health with sort of uh, working adults, uh, helping them, you know, be more focused, you know, if the, particularly if you've got things like ADHD or managing anxiety or reducing burnout, those kind of things. And I work with individuals and teams and organizations at this stage. Really, really interesting, um, Peter, because I suppose why we wanted to chat with you today, because just like Emer had alluded to in the intro, I think while social media has so many massive positives, myself and Emer work full time in social media mm-hmm. and we're looking at our phones quite a lot. Um, there is benefits, though, to kind of removing yourself temporarily or having a little detox or trying to find a balance um, from what's real and not real uh, and just looking at a piece of tech um, that, you know, a small print, you know, that kind of light that's been emitted by all our phones. You know, what do you think are some of those benefits that should get people thinking about maybe taking some time away from the, the phone and the tech? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, think there's, I think there's a lot of benefits and I think it goes quite deep, really. Um, I mean, I think in terms of just getting away from our phones and being able to kind of recapture our attention mm-hmm. and the fact that we're in charge of our attention. We know that our phones and social media is, you know, it's highly addictive. It's very habit-forming. That's how they're built after all, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I guess even just the ability to sit with yourself, even if it's for five minutes or, mm-hmm. you know, wait in the queue or have these, mm-hmm. play in these sort of in-between spaces, you begin to, um, you know, like if you can't do that, I think fundamentally your mental health is at risk because you, the, the ability to be able to sit and to notice what's going inside Mm-hmm. Being able to pause and not go straight for the phone or straight for the mm-hmm. for something else. And that's a fundamental skill that we need to to learn. I think it's, you know, there is there is a lot of gain by having periods of the day, maybe not a full detox, but certainly periods during the day we're away from our phones. So we have that space. And it's very difficult to do that if the phone is with you all the time. I know I would struggle with that myself. So the easiest thing I do is I just I just put it in a drawer sometimes, right? But I don't take it with me sometimes. Yeah, it's, yeah. And that's the easiest thing to do because I think the the, the need, the, the mental energy to inhibit not checking the phone, you know, it does does decline over the period of time. And as we get more fatigued throughout the day, particularly in the evening time, we might find that 
we're just mindlessly using the phone and mindlessly scrolling through social media a bit more than we would be at other times of the day. Mm-hmm. That's just the way the brain is just fatigued and that part of the brain just isn't working so well for many of us in the evening time, myself included. So knowing that doesn't change anything. It's mm. managing that mental energy through the day makes all the difference. I think it's also the fact that sometimes people feel about, you know, we had another guest on uh, May King Tang last year and we were talking about FOMO, fear of missing out. And I think that kind of yeah. kind of stresses people. Oh, I better get on and check the latest this that, and the other or who said something about this. And and you're putting pressure on yourself when yeah. you don't need to. Yeah. I mean, if you think about oh, the way our minds work, you know, they're kind of hardwired to judge and compare and evaluate and be aware of what's going on within our larger within our larger social group. Mm. So, you know, a hundred years ago, you know, we were limited in what we had to be worried about or what we knew about. And now we have access to so much information that will just blow our minds and, uh, you know, a lot more to kind of judge and evaluate and compare ourselves maybe unfavorably to, to other people. So I think, you know, even for our well-being, that's not so good. But but we can develop a you know a much stronger relationship around that too. I mean, we we can begin to look at our relationship and how we use social media because you know, as we all know, social media is, you know is has helped us a lot over the last year. And mm-hmm. at the same time, we need to look at how we're using it, the relationship, the function it serves in our lives. Um, like for example, I had a client the other day, and, and I was asking him, you know, like, tell me, how do you how do you relax? You know, like when you're stressed out, or what do you do? And he said, I, I watch YouTube, and I was like, oh, okay, that's tell me tell me more about that. How does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And actually, what he was describing was being stimulated and being distracted, mm-hmm. not being relaxed. And I think some people just don't know how to relax. Yeah. They know how to occupy time. They know how to distract themselves. They know how to, if you like, scratch an itch or meet some sort of need, but maybe meet it in a different way. You know, they want connection. Mm-hmm. They're going into, you know, looking at Facebook and then maybe that provides some, you know, like a, a lure, if you like, that it's going to make us feel connected. But no, the, the best way to connect is is either, you know, generally have a conversation with somebody, whether that's over the phone or whether that's on WhatsApp or whether that's in person, you know, instead of you know, maybe aimlessly looking through, jumping from, you know, profile to profile kind of thing, that's maybe mm-hmm. meeting that need so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I tell you, I tried to distract myself this week, you know, not uh, be near the phone. Uh, I even went out and I power hosed, which is, I haven't done the last time I went out and power hosed. But anyway. <laughs> With the phone duct taped to your ear, was it? <laughs> No, I was thinking the floor going, oh, Philip Twyford. Um, oh, but here's anyway. another joke. <laughs> you know, it's got that bad. But anyway. There's a product range in there somewhere else, yeah. So I actually did get outside. Um, I was going to say, because I'm thinking of people like myself, you know, when you've been on holidays and you have had a wee bit of a detox, what things could you suggest, Peter, that would help you beat overwhelm and stay motivated, say, as a business owner? Because you're always thinking, oh, I have to be on, I have to be checking and whatever else. Hopefully you have somebody who's been doing it for you or keep an eye out for you. Um, so, again, you know, you do take that time out. What would you say about beating overwhelm um, when it comes to going back online as a business owner? Well, I mean, it's trying not to jump back straight in in the deep end and, mm-hmm. and feeling like you've lost all this ground and you haven't been posting and all that sort of stuff, which yeah. it can be a genuine thought that you, that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, of course we need to pace ourselves. Um, and, but you know, we think about when we've, 
like certainly when I'm rested, anyway, when I've had that break, I come, I generally come back with better ideas and, and yes. being able to write that down and schedule it so you don't lose it. So then mm. you can, when you decide to start posting or, you know, con- creating content again, that you've, you've got that in your bank, you know, you've got, you've, you benefited from the rest because our brains are always sort of processing and coming up with ideas anyway. So mm. I find, you know, recording that maybe on an analog or a digital format first and then, and then, you know, gradually getting back into posting. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think the time out, like we, I think at the moment we're probably all having pause moments and pivot moments and, things are changing around us. So mm-hmm. the more clear and sharp our thinking is, the more we'll be able to um, adapt and, 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 and be able to find some space and, and be able to navigate sort of getting back in. But I'd say definitely gradually pacing oneself and, and trying to protect periods during the day where you, the phone is away from you. Mm. Or you're not yeah. on social media. I, I like the idea of you said about putting your phone in the drawer. Yeah. I never do that. Yeah. So I might do that now, especially if somebody's trying to ring me. <laughs> Amor, what do you think of this joke? <laughs> yeah, not here, not here. <laughs> she won't pick up. Won't you know, up. you know. Um, no, like you talk a lot of sense there, Peter, because like something that I went through myself um, and it was a very interesting experiment that actually changed my behavior was that I would have always been, say, done everything 100% through apps. You know, I'd take my notes through apps. If I had an idea, I'd put it in a a notebook app. Um, And then I decided one day, get back to good old pen and paper, a nice notebook. And if I had an idea, or even say, as I'm always telling Emer when I come back from my my bicycle, you know. Oh, here we go. um, Yes, the, the app that I use will record it, but I'll write it down on a pen and because it's amazing, the physical act of writing on paper gives you such mental stimulation. Yes, I have a nice big A4 pad beside me. Yeah, so I, I would agree. And I think, I think, and you probably see this a lot with, say, particularly on the occupational kind of side, um, is that I think if people can kind of find a place whereby that the phone and social media is purely a tool that can be used to enhance their daily lives as opposed to that their lives evolve and revolve around the phone and what happens on the social channels, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there is a, a lot of that at times that people kind of suddenly live their lives through social or they get what they believe. Like the big one for me has always been, and it was something that I struggled with until I just made a call, was that you, you'd kind of see all these kind of motivational quotes or you got to hustle and grind and da, 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 to be a success. And it sort of defined what success meant that if you weren't working 24 hours a day and mm. doing 25 million things on social media, yeah. you were a failure, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And when I went to park that, I suddenly got back to enjoying kind of, you know, that social has its place there, but of all these other things now, you know, Mm-hmm. You have to talk to Emer and share do my you? jokes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so. oh, comedy locked inside, Philip. You want to get it out, express it into the world. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think. Um, so I think that there, there, there's a lot to be said. Um, like I suppose, say based on your own experience, and even what you've maybe seen with clients and stuff. You know, how do you get to that sort of balance of you know finding the balance with say social media, your tech. 
and getting out and maybe having the fresh air and not losing touch with reality as such. Yeah. How do you find the balance? Well, it's a combination of things, really. I mean, I think overall, you kind of, people need to, I suppose, develop a little bit of awareness into maybe how their brain works and how their mind works. Uh, exactly how do we perform at our best and how do we feel at our best? So uh, making that practical, I often encourage people to work in cycles, maybe yeah. cycles for 50 minutes. And taking movement breaks. So a lot of my clients would, for example, beyond the would have neurodiversity um, needs. So they need to move quite often uh, mm. to regulate their attention and, and recover their focus. But guess what? Everyone does. Mm. So it just it just depends on how that cycle, how big that cycle is for you. Mm. So movement breaks with, with intervals. Then I get them to externalize the kind of things that. Um, become a bit more difficult or get fatigued in the brain. So, for example, you know, just being aware of time and feeling time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a lot of my clients buy cube clocks to to manage their intervals because. Oh, sorry. What are cube clocks? Cube clocks is like imagine a square clock. So it's analog, mm-hmm. right? Right. So imagine six sides, and every side has a different time. So, like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, fifty minutes, and you just put on that 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 determines the the working cycle. So it could be 50 minutes and then 10 minutes break. So you manage to, you manage the break as well. So the break doesn't become the 10 minute break doesn't become like 40 minutes, for example, and you go down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Else. So that, that, that's a big thing. And then externalizing, um, you know, for example, our working memory, because our working memory gets quite fatigued um, and hammered by most jobs. It's not seen as an issue, even though it's a, it's a huge issue for stress. Mm. So, having some sort of analog system where people are writing down. So you might combine elements of say what we call the bullet journal and maybe Google calendar as well. So you're using a blend of analog Mm. digital with movement. So I think movement is a big thing. So I just teach people particular movement breaks to Mm. upregulate or to downregulate. So sometimes we need to downregulate when we're stressed and more overloaded. Mm. And other times we need to upregulate. So that means make, make myself feel more alert Mm -hmm. and, you know, we used to, um, in healthcare, we used to think everything was top down. Like we just t- teach people how to think better. But we also know now we we, we can do bottom up, which is like the body. Uh, physiology and stuff. Our physiology kind yeah. of. Uh, and breathing, Peter, would play a good part in the like kind of breathing techniques, I suppose, to a certain extent. They would, be, they would be bottom up. Strata. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Breathing, movement, breath, anything like that. And, and activity as well. I mean, some activities by their very nature are very calming and mindful. Um, so mm. it's giving people a different options. I don't have a prescriptive list. I teach people kind of principles, if you like, that are quite sound. And then yeah. it's finding the strategy for each person. Mm. What works for you? Like I know, um, yeah, I would totally agree. Like I know for myself, you know, if it's been a particularly pressurized sort of day, you know, if it even is just like 10 minutes on the bike or even just a walk, around it is a bit we're lucky where i live you know kind of there is kind of like sort of country walks and just even a walk in your local park or something you know tent veil under the trees can really do wonders you know and yeah i think there's a lot of sense in that you know so i was going to say i wait for philip to say i talk to the trees (laughs) (laughs) emer doesn't like my jokes beach tree what do i do she thinks you're nuts (laughs) As all the squirrels come down to say, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they're not too, are they? 
Oh, well, yeah, I have a conversation with them as well. I'm eating a couple of them for a coffee after the interview, Peter. <laughs> well, that's that's me, my day, though. Yeah. <laughs> what that gives you, Philip, it gives you a chance to process. Yes. That's what we all need. Yeah. Now we're just maybe, um, there's just so much consumption or so much um, creating and mm. not enough processing. And that's, you know, if we don't process, then you know, okay, we're missing out. We're maybe not learning, maybe not sort of connecting the dots a little bit, but that does put a lot of mental pressure on us. Mm-hmm. I think one of the athletes in the Olympics talked about the, the this week and talked about, well, they, they teach you how to champ to be a champion, but they don't teach you how to process to be a champion. Yes. And, oh, uh, that's actually an interesting way of thinking. Yeah. Actually, do you know one thing I'll say about you, Peter, because that's what caught my eye with what you do is that you do some great short videos and, and I hate to say live videos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still not there. Um, what motivates you? Right. Because this, uh, this is an interesting question. I thought maybe I'd ask you because there's a lot of people out there thinking, God, I need some motivation to go and do video or even live video. What motivates you, would you say? Uh, I mean, the, there's the there's the motivation to you know provide value and, and help people, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't often I don't always feel motivated to to do videos. To be fair, you know, is uh, it like you go, oh, I better get on here and yeah, do? That. I feel in the mood sometimes, and I don't feel in the mood other times. But you know, I think when I'm more in the mood, uh, you know, I tend to make more then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're energetically they're better than because I'm you know like I'm telegraphing that energy through through what I'm saying and how I'm coming yeah up. yeah rather than it feel forced and disingenuous um mm-hmm. yeah and I guess over time you know it's something I have struggled with of course um and I'm probably making more videos now than I used to because I guess I'm, I'm more as you do it it gets easier and you know you you learn as well what works and maybe what doesn't work and you just get a bit more confident so of course it takes you know it just takes time and i think you know like i'm passionate enough about my area to realize um sometimes i come across in a way that's a bit too logical or a bit too kind of clinicky and then other, other times i can be light and be more playful and more mm-hmm. practical and you know that's something i have to learn because that's what people respond to better they don't respond to that clinician kind of experty kind of tone you know, I've got it all sorted kind of thing, even though, you know, that's not my intention to come across like that, but mm. I want something a bit more authentic and I have to feel authentic in that moment too. So, mm-hmm. you know, a long, long answer to short, I mean, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe you, I was going to, th- I thought you were going to say something like, oh, I read a really interesting article and I thought I'd maybe hop on or um, this happened today or, you know what I mean? I think sometimes oh, people, enough, yeah. people might need something like that. I think, you know, an ex- a reason rather than just hopping on and going, hello, <laughs> here's my latest joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about the two guitars that went for a long cycle? They were banjoed when they got back. <laughs> Boom, boom. Sorry, that's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to from you, Emma, was, was about planning that and structuring that. And then actually, yeah. a lot of the time it is sharing other people's stuff. It's not my stuff. And mm-hmm. sharing mm-hmm. other things or commenting what other people are doing. Uh, you know, being more social on social media. But when it comes to videos, I guess that's where I was kind of responding to it. Mm-hmm. I said in that way that. I, you know, I think about it from an energy point of view. Yeah, like I think, like certainly myself and Emer, what we've noticed 
And I think why video has year on year continued to be such a powerful communication medium is because I suppose it does let people into an insight into the type of person that you are as such as a great way to showcase your personality mm. um, and to sort of in a in a virtual space somehow create a rapport because some people on video are super powerful kind of you know you might think of someone like who in the social media space like a Gary Vaynerchuk who literally if you are anyway sort of maybe lacking in confidence and stuff and you watch him and you go but I'm not going on that (laughs) I'll never be able to do that you know but that's the way he does it you know And, and you know there'll be other people who are a lot kind of more softly spoken who are equally find their voice as such mm-hmm. um like i suppose you know apart from say videos is there other types of content that you like to share with your audience or that you feel your audience responds to whether it is be written content the zoom sort of consultations etc what have you found kind of resonates well with your audience that you like to do well yeah i mean i do like to create articles and i have i have i do write quite a bit of articles as well and that's yeah. when I'm up on the website um, some of them I have a I mean I do have a wellness portal for clients yes. mm-hmm. I do write a lot I do um, put a lot of content in there that's exclusive to them and it's short and snappy yeah. but it's built on the idea that you know watch this a few times so it's built on the power of repetition mm. and then we look at you know in our coaching sessions as a group we look at okay how have you integrated that this week so you're not just consuming the content, you're looking at applying it. You know, if it's a particular exercise, for example, or a particular mental skill that we're looking at doing, it's like, okay, how did that show up? How did you get on with that this week? So articles would be very much along like that. And actually, um, along with sort of mindfulness and acceptance commitment therapy, you know, sometimes it's just, I create exercises mm-hmm. and then come out with our clients and, and seeing, see how that's helpful. So sometimes I do that with a workshop or, you know, mm. uh, you know separately, you know, I'm t- testing out stuff for workshops where I'm, I'm writing a book at the moment it's called Fit Minds, a playbook for the mind. Oh, and fantastic. Some Congratulations. So some of that's done through, you know, like um, a workshop that we tested out and if it's good enough, we put it in the book. And Excellent. Enough, and we, we, kind of, we leave it on the, on the shelves where, where, where it remains. And like, I suppose a question that myself and you have always asked all of our guests especially over the last year or two years, did you find that from your sort of your your business model and particularly the use of digital and social, did you have to pivot and change because of COVID and lockdown? Or were you always in that sort of that social space and you just basically bolted on a bit more onto it where you wouldn't need to do a face-to-face sort of counseling, but you could do it via Zoom or any other kind of channels? Yeah, I was, I was still very face-to-face even though I had ambitions to be more um, digital, you know, I was kind of, um, you know, seeing clients and doing a lot of corporate workshops that were all kind of face to face. So, you know, when COVID came, you know, basically like for about five months, work got wiped out overnight. And a lot of my clients then weren't so keen on meeting up over Zoom for the first little while, Mm because they thought it was quite temporary and it was just like, okay, I can have a break. I'm working with Peter for a while. He's not going to get me to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Take it easy for a little while. Um, and so I saw the fragility in the business model, um, which is always kind of there anyway, because it's quite referral based. Yes. Uh, 
So I says, I, I don't want to be in this position again. So I just decided then, right, uh, I'm going to go you know, more digital. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was working with a mentor as well at the time and, and decided to kind of, okay, think about everything I'm doing. Uh, all the workshops I have, let's kind of automate that and create a, create a, like the best well-being program I can create based on what I've done for other hospitals or clinics or retreat centers uh, and put all that stuff together in a, in, in, in a way that, that can be scaled. Um, so yeah, that, that was very much what happened with, um, with during the COVID, COVID times. Mm-hmm. I you know built, built the portal with, with some designers and uh, have been uploading content and testing at the workshops and have a, a kind of a combination of mental skills and lifestyle program with a follow-up kind of membership model as well. So it's my plan was to offer people like, so any existing clients I had that they would see moving over to the, mem- the membership, mm. much better value for money yes. and more input yeah. for less money. So I wanted to make sure it was a win-win, but the, the downside was for them, they weren't going to get one-to-one time, but they didn't, they didn't need one-to-one time. They, they responded quite well to group coaching and actually realized once I did it, you know, I, for example, even have one or two sessions with them, they realize, okay, like, for example, if they're looking at anxiety and you're working with people who also have anxiety, you've got that peer learning mm-hmm. and you're, you're keen to hear how other people are going on and it's that accountability and it's actually a better model to be yeah. fair. You don't feel alone, you know, kind of, oh, Tony, me, who has this, you know, yeah. here's loads of other people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, Peter, as an occupational therapist, who do you feel is great to follow on social media, motivates you and what types of content do they share? And maybe give you sort of, you know, incentive and food for thought. You know, I mean, I think a lot of the, you know, my role models would be, you know, to be varied, to be some of the mindfulness teachers in the world, Joan Halifax. Mm-hmm. I really like Hornet States and John Cabotine and you know, like he did a whole amazing weekly group for people all, all around the world through through COVID. And that was amazing. Mm. Um, you know, people like Brennan Brown and um you know, I, I like I, I like a variety. I mean, I like all the hustle guys like Tim Ferris and Gary. Yeah. And, you know, just to have a different um perspective mm-hmm. on things. Yeah. Um, even if I don't necessarily agree with all of what to say or see that that's a very sustainable way of working. You know, mm-hmm. I like, I like to be challenged in my thinking and, and to be mm-hmm. learned. So you always kind of learn from different people. Um, mm-hmm. I like people who can kind of present things in a, in a more interesting, playful, funny way, you know, that blend between comedy and depth, you know? Yes. Like, oh, so then you're on the right show here with us then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've got the comedy and, and Emer has the depth. Isn't that right, Emer? Or I was waiting for you to say, well, half right, but anyway. You're probably in the depths, right? I am. All, the, all these jokes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, no doubt he's following us on, on social media. You're like, mm. you guys are like the Torval and Dean of the, uh, of the social media world. Oh, listen, his favorite word is pivot. I yeah. swear. Honestly. I bags. I'm Torval. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, you better be careful if I go to give you a lift. <laughs> give you a lift, yeah. Um, no, like I think um, I think you're right, Peter. I think um, like there's some fascinating people on on, on social. Uh, mm-hmm. People like Gary. There's there's part of watching the Gary Vaynerchuk keynote that literally leaves you speechless, mm-hmm. uh, and you're kind of. And I think you. I think the key thing is sometimes is is to look beyond 
how he's presenting it because that's his personality, but to try and delve into the message behind what he's talking about. As mm. in, you know, if you want to be a success, sitting and thinking about being a success is all well and good, but if you don't lift a finger and, and maybe doing a bit of work or trying to make a change, nothing's going to happen, you know. Now, obviously, the way it comes across with Gary is that you literally have to, you know, work 23 hours a day. That works for him. That's obviously not realistic for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, and, and likewise would say with a, with a Tim Ferriss, what I always have taken from a Tim Ferriss is his element of curiosity mm. and trying it out. And it's the same application. You just scale it down to your own level, your own life, you know, kind of, Mm -hmm. oh, like my big fear is water. I'm terrified of water. Really? I am. I I literally, my my little fella is learning to swim and he was saying to me, dad, now when we go on highs, I'm going to teach you how to swim in the pool. I love you, but no. Yo, here I am at 50 with a big massive ring going into the, the kids' pool, the state of Oh, like. I'd pay to watch that. <laughs> so, uh, but once again, social, you could get like a social media kind of branded ring for the swim pool so you'd be I, promoting yeah. the business. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'll pretend to throw it out there to see if you fill up, but I'll just yeah. miss. Yeah. <laughs> no more jokes from you, Twyford. Stay to swim and get your ring. <laughs> Yeah, um, watch out for the sharks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think you're so right, Philip. You know, the, these people are the greater, you know, their message. There's a lot there's, there's a lot in their message apart from just their their personalities and how they're coming across. I think there's a lot. A lot you, like It does challenge people's kind of views that they might have or, or mindset. Mm. A designer was telling me that, you know, he works with a lot of, you know, people th- think about launching business and would he be creating amazing websites and all that sort of stuff. And he came up with a, quite a high percentage of people who never even launch. Wow. Their own really? Yeah, they, they, they just never launch. They're always just, it has to be perfect. Or yeah. It gets delayed, passed down the line. And just a lot of people just get held back by what's going on in their minds. It's not right. It's not right. I'm not ready. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's that's very interesting because um, I don't know who said it, but it is one of those common things you see all of those very successful from the Elon Musk's. Like I remember something Richard Branson said stuck in my head. Uh, I think it was in his book, Screw It, Let's Do It, um, Mm. or the other autobiography. But he basically said, if someone says to you, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, can you do something? Say yes, and then learn how to do it on the job. Yeah. You know, I think we've all been like there. Us. Yeah. Like like, us. <laughs> yeah. Like literally kind of, how does this recording stuff work? You know? <laughs> like when you think back to our first show, yeah. I mean, like we had a clue what we were doing. Yeah. You like were looking at me. I was looking at you with like two rubbers in the headlights. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, I know. We just literally let's press record and let's see what happens. It, that's it. Indeed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Isn't it say it's better to give it a go than never give it a go at all? But yeah, that, well, that's it. Like I know, um, mm-hmm. I know we we spoken about Gary Vaynerchuk a while, but he did an excellent video that I, I would I would tell everybody to watch. He did a video basically about one hundred year old people that he spoke to about their biggest regrets. Oh, and it was insightful because you know all these kind of people in their nineties and hundreds who are kind of I suppose ironically and unfortunately coming to the end of their lives, mm-hmm. um, talking about all the things. Oh, I should have done this. And if I only had done that and I should have opened up that business or I should have asked that girl or guy to marry me or I should mm. have, I should have. And she was saying, you know, 
don't get to your deathbed saying, I wish I'd done it, you know? Yeah. Go. So aren't you glad I said, come on, we'll go and do this radio show, didn't I? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's interesting. I think it's, it's all part of the, the mental kind of side is to try and work through. And I suppose ultimately where someone with your skills at Peter is, for anyone who's listening is that if someone is struggling is to it's okay to ask for help if mm-hmm. they are struggling with their business or they're struggling with social media or whatever is to ask for help yeah and reach out. definitely reaching out because these are valuable skills and uh, I mean they're fundamentals to business nowadays aren't they and you know I I knew I didn't have those skills uh, and I knew I had a my own thinking about it about social media wasn't helping mm-hmm. so I had to you know swallow my own pride and reach out and get some support mm-hmm. and glad and that and I did so because you know it's like anything there are things that we just don't know mm-hmm. but by the time I'm a big believer in just save the time it's just so much more efficient to learn from somebody who knows more than you do yeah yeah but it's not even it's, it's like when you think about when you learn to drive a car yeah you don't go out and get into the car and drive straight away or sit and watch a YouTube channel learn how no. to drive just like riding a bike as well. Like, you know, remember when we all started trying to cycle a bike? And Yeah, I'm, now, still, on, I'm still on my, what do you call it? Stabilizers. Yeah, and your Sta- <laughs> Stabilizers, <laughs> you know. Um, like, this is an interesting segue into this question then, Peter, because in, in May of this year, you launched uh, FitMinds, uh, a mental fitness and lifestyle membership site to enhance performance, innovation and resilience. And at the heart of FitMinds is uh, flexibility, imagination and compassion yeah. tell us a bit more about fit minds and, and, and what your your goal and dream with that is so the goal the goal really is to move towards prevention and early intervention so it's based on flexibility so flexibility really comes from acceptance commitment therapy psychological flexibility so that's a real evidence-based skill set that we'd be teaching people to whether it's managing their mood or improving performance so acceptance commitment therapy is a skill set exists in high performance settings as well as you know mental health environments imagination is you know how we use our mind to create and to picture the future that we want because our imagination is something that we use all the time mm-hmm. often we use it against ourselves mm-hmm. and we're seeing that that's an important fundamental of some of these third wave therapies along with compassion which comes from compassion focused therapy and being more kind and you know, uh, friendly towards ourselves in our self-talk. Yeah. So we can, we, you know, so it's more sustainable because a lot of driven people are very hard on themselves, very self-critical. So those three areas are, they mirror the type of third wave therapy skills that are, that should be taught really everywhere, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but instead of doing, okay, I'm going to teach four different courses uh, of 10 weeks each, which is how they're structured in, in services. I'm going to take, the fundamentals of them all, put them together in a lifestyle program with kind of, you know, some, some fitness people, um, some sleep coaching, you know, some other areas of kind of lifestyle management as a way of sustaining kind of well-being and, and moving the dial along in terms of your wellness. So you're not just struggling or learning to cope a little bit better. You're learning to kind of, okay, now I'm feeling more confident. Now I understand my, my thinking a bit better. Now I can maybe unlock my potential. Do you know, I'm just thinking, I, you know, I have one child starting um, the leave insert and uh, there should be something in the schools, Peter, for this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And 
And there is, I mean, there are in pockets, you know, they'll go and do an eight-week mindfulness course, for example, in the school, but there isn't an ongoing kind of process, a way of training. And we we know that these skills can be taught, they can be broken down. We know that we can teach Mm. skills from about about the age of about four, where it's broken down in in an age-appropriate way. So, yeah, it Mm -hmm. should be, uh, but schools should be supported to do that. I mean, I think a lot of, like, Teachers are probably my second or third most common professions that I work with. And mm-hmm. it's a very stressed out working space, working system. Mm. So we don't want to be overloading any more onto kind of hardworking teachers, but we, we want to be teaching some life skills that are fundamental because, you know, where all the money goes, it goes in terms of treatment, it goes in terms of workplace well-being where people are already stressed out. Mm. That's, that's a broken model. You know, that's yeah. a model that's already kind of, no, but I was going to say maybe it, maybe this is an idea for the future, like, you know, for you to roll out a program that could be, you know, a portal for schools to, you know, part of their health Students and well-being. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's um, my radar, Maria. School, school, sport and business. That's my main kind of focus at the moment. Yeah. Good. What's great about something like this is up here would be is that I think a lot of business owners, myself and Emer, yourself, mm-hmm. we're business owners. We've been there, we've had the burnout, you know, kind of mm-hmm. up and down. And I think what's great about programs like, say, FitMinds, et cetera, is that it actually, I do believe, when business owners are able to take a step back, recharge, they suddenly get revitalized and hungry again yeah. for the business. Mm-hmm. And that allows them to unlock mm-hmm. ideas and to embrace technology and social media with renewed vigor, if that makes sense, because all of that cloud and, you know, I suppose kind of caught in the hamster wheel, I suppose, for want of a better word, is yeah. sort of gone, you know. Um, so so definitely, I think, you know, using something like this, which will then help you to form maybe some new habits, you know, for better self-care. and Especially after you've been on a digital detox or supposed to be on a digital detox. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Mm. Could yes. do better, isn't that what they Could say? Could <laughs> do better, Emer. <laughs> I know, I know. So, Peter, any exciting other plans coming up the tracks for you you wish to share or are they still under wraps? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of active conversations that I am having, which are, you know, I'd, I'd love to talk about, but they're not mm. quite over the line yet. But certainly in sports in business as well with a number of companies and you know i want to like give back as well to schools as well you mm-hmm. know like so part of the way i work is you know I, I obviously you know work with quite high paying clients as well as well as in spaces where there isn't much of a budget mm-hmm. and give back in those sort of spaces so um it's a kind of a combination of that sort of model which is flexible enough and uh, you know a lot of exciting kind of collaborations with with other people as well mm-hmm. So as an occupational therapist, we were a big believer in activity in mm. experiential learning. Um, so, for example, blending mindfulness with Aikido. Aikido is a martial art and has a, has a really interesting philosophies in terms of managing stress, managing conflict. So I'm in discussions with the Aikido teachers in, in England um, around sort of blending some some ideas from Aikido and, and ways of learning mindful in a more embodied way. Mm-hmm. more creative way along with some other kind of activities and stuff but that's how I would be you know like trying to get some of this traditional content that you might see being delivered on a webinar mm, in a good. interactive experiential learning kind of way so I wouldn't be a big fan of just doing webinars you know yeah. I'm a big fan of okay. I agree it's you need to be interactive you know I, I think so I think uh, I think that's been the big thing we've seen in social 
mm. and why potentially sometimes Zoom has been so popular or, or, or those are scenarios where people can see each other, you know, and you're still yeah. sort of connected somewhat, even though not physically. Um, so all I was going to say is at least now you won't forget what I look like, you see. If we don't Zoom, what would we do? I, I know. What would we do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> oh, I forgot the camera's on. <laughs> um, Peter, this has been a, a super chat. Like, I think there's so much value here for, for our listeners and business owners to, I suppose, if nothing else, take note that it's okay to take a break, take a break away, take mm-hmm. a break, you mm-hmm. know, and that if they are struggling uh, to, to reach out. Before we sort of start to come to the close, is there any last tips you'd like to give or last message? And where would you like people to go if they want to know more about you and get in touch? Well, I think as a closing comment, I mean, I think taking breaks will will enhance your ability to think and yeah. you know, get better ideas. So I, I look at you know, taking more breaks will make you more money at the end of the day. Mm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to enhance your ability to do what you need to do uh, and you'll have better quality ideas. Uh, so I think that's a big part of, uh, you know, really harnessing the power of our minds and the, the way our minds work. And if people want to reach out, yeah, um, Lifestyle Awareness, that's the uh, lifestyleawareness.ie and Peter at Lifestyle Awareness. Uh, feel free to connect on LinkedIn. Um, I'm more sort of active there, but uh, on all the channels, I'm, I'm, I'm there as well. You know, Twitter. Brilliant. That's great. So listen, Peter, we will no doubt have to have you back because, you know, we all need to sort of what sort, you know, take a break, reassess. Re- recalibrate. Ooh. Yes. Some like people have to do. go and take a lot. No, <laughs> no, I already spell that. Um, <laughs> I already spell that. Um, but I, I have to say, I do agree that you do need to take a break, guys, from the digital world. Not a whole big break, not like, you know, a month off or anything, but do take it from time to time, you know, because yeah. otherwise burnout does happen. And then you start mm-hmm. to become, I don't want to be on social anymore. And then, you know. It was to say, everything in moderation is good. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, so yes, listen, Peter. Moderation, Larry, my way. I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> Philip and his Guinness on moderation. <laughs> and his oh, yeah, and I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of, we're, we're, we're down to maybe three pints a month. But hey, you know, I enjoy them when they come. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, Peter, listen. It has been great having you on the show. Uh, definitely plenty of tips for everybody to take on board. Um, and I suppose all I have to say now is if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again and the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on the Dublin South FM website. So do please download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And all that is left to say is I've been Philip Twyfe of The Curly Marketer. And I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media. And we'll see you again soon for more Let's Get Social. See you then. Bye.